everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? So you think you want a pet. Have you thought about it? Did you do your research? Well, this episode, we're going to delve into all of the things that you need to pay attention to when choosing a pet. So Miranda, what are some of the reasons for choosing to bring a pet into their home? Well, I think one of the biggest reasons is they feel they want to have a pet for their child, whether it's they feel like they want to provide a companion or whether they want it to be as a learning experience for them. But I think another uh, very common reason is for loneliness as well. Could be the last child has left home and it could be like the empty nest syndrome. And so now they want to kind of bring in another child into the home, somebody else to take care of again. Oh, yeah. So what are your feelings on all that? Like, what do you think, what do you think isn't the right reason for bringing an animal into the home? Well, I think the the biggest thing is that if there hasn't been any planning, any forethought about it, people will go to a pet store or see an ad or something like that. And they're just, or they just go someplace and they see uh, an animal that's available, whether it be a rabbit, cat, dog, or whatever. And they're just like, oh, it's so cute. Or, or that animal is so neat. It's like, oh, I just got to take it home with me. And <laughs> yeah. there's just no planning whatsoever on whether or not it's suitable for them and their, their lifestyle. Yeah. So, so what is some of the, the important, like, what's the number one important thing that you think might be a good thing to keep in mind when walking into that pet store or when discussing it with your spouse or with your child? What do you think is, I mean, I have my ideas, but like, what do you think would be one of the number one things that people should pay attention to? The big things to really consider is, do you have the time to give that animal the proper care and attention that they need? Two, how much is it going to cost you to take care of that animal? Mm. Are you going to be able to take them to the vet, give them treatments or get them the proper food and that they deserve to have in order to be able to thrive. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one for me too. I believe in veterinary care and I do believe in integration of alternate, but you have to be able to pay for a vet appointment. You're not going to give your child, let your child get sick and you not bring it to the doctor. Why would you do that with an animal? So that's like a really, really big thing for me too. Can you afford this? Mm -hmm. Like, Have you researched how much it's going to cost for you to take care of this animal properly, no matter what it is? And some animals, they tend to have more needs financially, like lizards and spiders and all of these non-conventional pets that people get they have very specific needs that you just can't get by bringing them into your home. They have to have the right humidity, all of that stuff. And when they get sick, you have to find the right vet <laughs> and you got to pay expensive money for medicine. Oh yeah, very definitely. And 
there's just so many considerations to think about when you get a pet. And those are kind of the two big ones, but there's definitely other areas to consider. Like you said, these unconventional pets, they tend to need a much more specialized care than your dog and your cat. Like even rabbits actually need a fair amount of specialized care and people don't really realize that. I've discovered that a lot of rabbits actually die because they're not getting the nutritional needs that they need to have. Oh yeah, that's a big one. And even with guinea pigs and mice and rats and all of these other ones, I had a guinea pig and I literally had to find an exotic because my vet wouldn't take care of them. They just don't have the needs. And that's something that you really need to pay attention to. And, you know, I had a bird, holy crap, within a, within a week, my bird who got sick, $1,000 in vet bills. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really something that people need to pay attention to. So what else do you think would be second or just another really important thing that people should take into consideration? I think their lifestyle is probably the next biggest one because Ooh, good one. Yeah, because if if you're basically a couch potato type of a person and you get a border collie, you're going to run into issues. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> yes, you will. Sweet, sweet, sweet dogs, but holy crap, are they high energy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you hear a lot of people talking about behavior issues with their pets. A lot of the blame tends to be put on the animal itself, but it's not really considered about are their exercise needs being met? Are their nutritional needs being met? Are their enrichment needs being met? And even just the relationship that you have with them, because if you, if you have a pet and you're feeling resentment of having to go and walk the, your dog, that's not going to create a great relationship with your dog. Yeah. It's, you know, people don't realize that when you have a dog that chews up the couch or chews your shoes, and that dog is actually stressed. And we've talked about in our show description, if you haven't read it, check it out. We're going to be talking about how stress affects animals. And a dog that is chewing everything is a stressed animal because it's not getting its needs met. Dogs need to be walked. They just need to be walked. All animals need some form of enrichment. And if your lifestyle does not allow you to do that, then you might want to get a fish. (laughs) 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 Because a fish will love you no matter what. And you feed them like what, once or twice a day, if that, and they just have their happy little life playing with their, uh, playing with their friends in the fishbowl. But yeah, it's, that's really important. Like your lifestyle has to be suitable myself, I am not a very active person. I don't like to go outside of my house. So I tend to be with cats. But if I was to get a dog, I would probably choose a dog that is more than happy being a lap dog. Somebody who just once or twice goes out, has a little bit of burst of energy. So they get that out. So they're not stressed, but they're happy to just snuggle on the couch. And there are breeds like that. People don't realize that there are certain breeds that tend to fit more quieter lifestyles. And knowing the animal and researching what animal, doesn't matter what it is. If you want a parrot, 
well, you best be around. That parrot's going to end up being a pain in the butt because there's no enrichment. They're very social. They need a lot of people around to be fully well-rounded animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, lifestyle's big. Adding on to that as being another area to consider, seeing that you've brought up parrots, is that lifespan is another big thing to consider because you may not realize, but parrots and other similar type of birds can live 50 plus years. If you're 60 years old or 70 years old and you decide to get a parrot, what happens to them? I'm going to take care of that bird after you're gone. Yeah. I had a parrot uh, years ago, and this is before I had all the knowledge that I have now. This is like years ago, 20 something, 25 years ago. It was a, a little mini macaw. And those birds can live 75 years. That's really long. I mean, even a cockatiel. I had a cockatiel literally for half my life. Ended up just passing away in 2016. He was 26 years old. He was with me for 21 years, almost 22 years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time to have an animal. People have to realize that just because a bird sounds pretty and sits in a cage or, and turtles, turtles can live really long too. Yeah. You have to, you have to know your lifespan if you want. And also on the other end too, say you want a larger dog, Great Danes and St. Bernard's and Irish wolfhounds, they barely make it to 10 years. Right. Can you handle that? Is that, are you going in with your eyes wide open, knowing that this animal is only going to be with you for a short time? Mm-hmm. Lifespan is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So just uh, added fact for you guys, generally the rule of thumb with dogs is that the larger the size of them, the shorter the lifespan that they have. Yes. Just to keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. And, but that doesn't mean the little dogs are going to last a long time. A lot of them. And this goes to another thing that when you're choosing a pet, what you need to do is, are you going to go to a breeder? Or are you going to get a full bred? Some of these full bred animals have health issues. So it goes back into, can you afford the veterinary care? Right. A German shepherd is more likely to have hip dysplasia. A tiny little chihuahua is going to have anxiety issues. You have to understand Mm -hmm. what the breed is about. The more purebred an animal is, the more health issues they may have. Yes. And that's another thing to consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another area is also the size of your home. Uh, Well, there's two things related with your home. There's one, if you're living in a one-bedroom apartment and you decide to get a Great Dane, that's going to be pretty challenging. They're not going to have the space that they need to move. That's another area to consider. But also if you are renting an apartment or a home of some sort, or even if you're living in a condo, condo apartment, the bylaws and the rental agreements are something you have to take into consideration before getting a pet. You may not be allowed to have one. Yeah. And if you do get one, despite what the bylaws say, you can get evicted pretty Mm -hmm. quick. I do like it that there's a lot of, uh, not a lot, there are some landlords out there that will ask for separate security deposits for their animals. And that I, I like a lot because number one, it opens the door to the opportunity to live in different locations. But the, the fact that it also gives you this sense of responsibility. Oh, I'm paying a security fee for each animal. And most times I think it's $25 an animal. At least the 
the ones that I've seen. So if you have, say, three cats, you're paying $75 on top of your security payment for your animals. So it kind of gives you that sense of a little bit more responsibility, mm-hmm. which I do like. And I like the fact that there are landlords that are now allowing different types of families to live in their units. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate that there have been people in the past who haven't been responsible with their pets. They're, they've done damage to the home, which is why there has been so many restrictions put on people who want to have pets. Oh, yeah, because most people don't understand animals. They don't understand what some of their behaviors. This is stress. This is going back to what we said before. This is stress. An animal is not going to be spiteful and nasty and all that stuff unless it learns that from its owner. I want to put that caveat in there. It's they're they're stressed. If they're not getting the proper attention, if they're not getting the proper nutrition, if they're not getting the proper veterinary care, they're going to act out because they don't know what to do with this excess energy. Me, I work with energy all the time. You see how in humans and animals both they're identical. When they don't have an outlet for their energy, they act out. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get a bad animal just because it chews up your shoes. You have a bad animal because you're not giving it the care it needs. Mm-hmm. And I know just for all you listeners out there, I'm the one that's going to be a little bit, come on, you know, <laughs> I'm going to shake you by the shoulders a little bit because I, that's what I've noticed in my work is that most of our animals' behavior problems stem from what we see in the mirror. You know, that that really needs to be kind of in the back of your mind. They reflect you. I think that's that's a really, I think that's really important. You know, with all the things that we're talking about, I think that's really important. So what are your thoughts on that, Linda? Yeah, like you said, pets learn a lot of their behaviors from us through the way we behave. But there's also the aspect of their own natural behaviors and instincts that we need to understand as well. They are descendants of wild animals and they still maintain their natural instincts. For us to try to expect them to behave in ways that don't honor that is going to just create more behavior issues. This is where we really need to be able to understand what is natural for them and how we can provide the means for them to express that without it interfering with our our sense of lifestyle. Yeah. You could say. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, me as a spirituality person, I believe, I truly believe that an animal spirituality is in fact their instinctual nature. You cannot breed instinct out of an animal. You cannot nurture instinct out of an animal. That is who they are at their core. And I think we really need to pay attention to that. Cat's going to be a cat. Yeah, you don't want the cat to have the run of the household and do whatever it darn well pleases. But at the same time, it needs to be a cat. If it's chasing bugs all the time and eating bugs, don't stop them. That's their nature. That's what they do. Say you get a greyhound or like a whippet, their nature is to run. And so if you don't have a fenced in yard or a place where these animals can go and run without being injured or without being put into a situation that is, un- it, that is not healthy for them, then don't get a greyhound. 
I know it's really, especially with greyhounds, it's, it's really kind of compassionate to rescue them because most of them do get euthanized after their racing career in quotes, their racing career is over. They don't have a life after that. Anyway, I digress, but (laughs) you have to understand that these animals are animals. A bird is going to be a bird. A lizard is going to be a lizard. Cannot take that away from them. And when you do, you cause stress. Mm-hmm. Even with my cats, it's, it's really funny. My my two little two little guys, they we got them. They were wild when we got them. They were really young, so they've kind of transitioned really well. But I do a lot of enrichment with them. And one of the things they love to do is they love to catch their food. My my Frankie is a natural bird hunter because you throw a piece of kibble in the air and he will grab it and catch it right away and shove it in his mouth. That's just who he is. And I'm not going to take that away from him because that gives him joy. That gives him the release of energy. Maisie likes to chase things. When I toss her food, it goes under the couch and she goes all the way under the couch to get it. It's just, that's just their nature. I think, at least with my guys, the fact that I allow them that space helps them to be happier and healthier. And I think with a lot of other animals, most animals actually, because that's their spirituality. If you honor the species and the breed they are, then you're going to have a better relationship with your animals. That's my take on it. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is, again, just the understanding of, of any animal you get is going to enhance your relationship with them so, so greatly. You'll, you'll know how to provide the care, the enrichment that they need that is going to work together with their natural nature. We'll be talking about this in another episode. There's just, there's a lot of things to understand with the different breeds because every breed has been bred for a certain purpose. Some of them are not really, some of them are not really used for the original purpose they were bred for anymore. Like the hunting dogs, working dogs, that type of thing. These are ones that you really need to consider. They, you really need to find ways to provide them with the, the work, quote unquote, that they're used to doing. Oh, absolutely. I even heard, I've never owned a dog myself, but I have worked with some people who do. And one of the things that they have found is certain breeds, if you go walking with them, if they wear a little backpack, They're like, I am the stuff and they are so well behaved because they have a job. They're carrying the water and that's every animal has a job. Like they really do. And you're right. Certain breeds do certain jobs. You can't have a chihuahua wear a backpack. They're not going to, you know, that's not going to help them. But a, a Labrador or a German Shepherd may actually really rise up to the occasion and be a proper hiking partner because it's got a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Anything else that we want to talk about before we end this episode? I think we've covered most touched on all of them, but I'm just going to sort of reiterate um, the areas that should be considered before getting a pet. So you want to consider your lifestyle. What is your lifestyle compared to what the characteristics of the pet you have? What are the breed characteristics and not just breed, but like characteristics, depending on the species as well. How much is it going to cost potentially to take care of the pet? How much space do you have in your home? Does the place that you live in allow animals? What is the lifespan of your pets? What is their activity and energy level like? 
what is your time commitment like? And uh, I guess one thing that we didn't really bring up was if you already have other pets in your home, how are they going to react to another pet, especially if it's a different species? Yeah, that's a big one. I had... Oh, I could tell you one of my experiences. This is like, it's actually pretty sad. It's it, the lesson was very cool that I learned. I had one cat years ago. She did not like any animal that came into the house after her. So much so that six months after we got her, we got another cat, was a rescue. Somebody couldn't take care of it, dropped it off at the pet store that I was working at the time. I was going to foster it. Well, she ended up staying. <laughs> but uh, I'm a failed foster mom. <laughs> I'm just going to fess up to that right now. But it was so bad that we had to have Tic Tac. Um, that was her name. That was the one that came in afterwards. She basically lived in a bedroom for 12 years. Every time we tried to let her out, Saki Sue would literally rip her to shreds. She had to go to the vet so many times abscesses and stuff like that. And it was one of those things like, well, what do you do? Luckily, Tic Tac was very attached to my husband and she was very happy having him all to herself. So she lived a very happy life. And I was very blessed for that. I mean, she wasn't stressed at all. She actually loved being, that was her room. And any other cat that came in, it was like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, this is my territory. So she kind of rose up to that, but it it was tough for a while there. Here are two females and female cats tend to have less, they're less likely to, what's the word? They're less likely to get along with other female cats. They can, there are definitely some, I've had experience of female cats that actually got along with each other, but this particular situation, it was not. That's something that we had to address and it cost money. We had to be on top of it. And luckily it all kind of ended up fine. She ended up passing away at 19 and a half, fully happy and healthy and whatever. So yeah, that's like, you have to really pay attention to what animals do you currently have in your home? Who are you going to bring into the home? What are the personality traits of the breeds or the species or the individual animal? Because animals have their own free will and their own personalities. And is it wise? Do you want to stress out your other animal? Like if you have a senior cat, say the cat's like 13, 14 years old, and you want to bring in a kitten, well, that might not go over very well with the senior cat. And you may end up providing uh, an environment where where the senior cat is highly stressed and may end up getting more ill quicker and passing away earlier because of the stress load. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Another area in that regard to consider is that dominance in animals. If you've got two animals that come in and they both want to have the top dominance, oh yeah, that's going to be a real difficult thing to, to deal with. So if you're able to determine ahead of time, well, it's, it's kind of hard to determine ahead of time in some ways. One animal could be dominant with a certain animal and may be more submissive with another animal. It is something to keep in mind. Yeah, I think the best, the best way to test that is especially if you have a dog. Our dogs tend to like packs. So, I mean, you're more likely to have a multi-dog household. But how does your dog behave when it's at the dog park? When you're taking it for a walk, is it aggressive towards other dogs? Is it aggressive towards cats? Is it aggressive towards something else? Does it cower in fear? All of these things are signs. 
mm-hmm. and learning how to interpret them. And I'm sure like down the line, different episodes will go over how to interpret signs and why animals behave the way they do. And the more aware you are as an animal owner, the better you can, I guess, navigate this world of pet care. That That's really important. Navigating that. You're, it's not going to be all peaches and cream all the time. Are you up for that? Are you ready to hit the bumps in the road that are inevitably going to happen? Mm-hmm. Both with animals getting along with other animals, with all of the, just everything, with nutrition, with veterinary care, with illness. It's just, it's very complicated and complex relationship. And you need to really, maybe even doing hypothetical, okay, what would I do if this animal got really sick on me? What happens if you get a a puppy, it hasn't been trained yet, and it runs out into the road and accidentally gets hit by a car? Are you set up to take care of that? What would you do if your child did that? Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things that, that need to go into making the decision. And I know we're making this kind of scary. Well, it is kind of scary. Pet ownership and animal companionship, they are, they're, they're complicated. Yeah. They're, and it's not going to be a smooth road. You may end up having an outlier where they're healthy their whole lives, <laughs> but good on you for taking good care of them <laughs> because that's all you're doing. But still, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come in your way. And being aware of all of it is going to help you really figure out if you're going to be a good home for that animal. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned fostering earlier. I think that's a really good way to find out whether an animal is going to be good for your lifestyle. You can even have the animal you foster could end up being your permanent pet if you chose to. But this way you can have them for a little while, see how, how you and the dog, cat or whatever get along together, as well as how they get along with the other animals and whether everything meshes, you can make that next step on whether you decide to make that permanent commitment to them. Yeah, that's a great idea. And there are tons of rescues out there that are looking for foster parents. It's a big deal. There's a lot of animals in our shelters. Mm-hmm. There's not enough people to take care of them. Go to your local shelter, go to your local rescue and see if there's fostering opportunities. If you're thinking about getting an animal for your home, that will definitely give you all of the data you need to see if you are a good match for having an animal in your home or even that animal. Because like you said, that animal could end up being your permanent animal. If it doesn't work out, then you did something really good and you gave an animal a soft place to be instead of in a cage in a rescue with little interaction. So you end up making them a better rescue for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So socialization is really important and foster families can give that to animals. And you can also find your permanent family member, which is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely fostering. That's a great idea. Thanks thanks for bringing that up because I'm sure a lot of people maybe thought about it, but maybe they didn't even know that was an option. Mm-hmm. I hope that these tips and suggestions that we provided with you today will help you along your path. And for some reason, I got a frog in my throat. <laughs> well, hey, the frogs want to come out and join. <laughs> well, so this is like real. We are not... 
<laughs> we are not here to give you fluff. This is the real truth here. We're exposing all of it. Let the frogs come. We'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that. Because that's really, we're here for you. And we really want to give you the information necessary and give you options and allow you the opportunity to choose for yourself and to make the best choices for you and your family and for the animal. Because believe it or not, that animal should have a choice too. (laughs) What do you think about that? I mean, I think we need to really make sure that the animals get their voice heard. Animals have voices too. Yes, definitely. And hopefully we can help you hear them. That's our mission. Any further last thoughts do you have, Miranda, as we end? Like I was saying, if hopefully these tips and suggestions were helpful to you, if you are wanting to get more information, more assistance with the journey of welcoming and caring for your pets, then continue listening to our additional episodes as we will explore more in depth. Yeah. And no fluff, people. We're not talking fluff here. We're talking the real truth. <laughs> so come on back. Make sure you subscribe. We will definitely be looking forward to sharing more of our amazing and encompassing information that we have collected over our years. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.